of this 10-month series that we've been doing on breakthrough is on finances. So the next three weeks, uh, you know, to some, they they, uh, say, oh, I I think I'm going on vacation next week. He's talking about finances. No, I want you to understand that God wants to bless you, but he blesses you through his kingdom realities. And my wife and I have learned we've given away many cars, we've given away things, not because we're rich, but because God led us to do this and we have a giving heart. And we, we will continue to do this as well. And so... Again, let me explain so it's explained well so no one has any problems next door. According to the regulations and legalities of when we have children gathering together, everybody that goes into the learning center has to have a background check that we have in file. And so what Pastor Dan said is we've opened up a little more in the entryway where you can go in there and stand there. You can't walk in there because the children are there and to look, but you will see the full visual of the flooring from where you can. So uh, if you have a security guy there in our, the black shirt with security on it, and he says, oh, you can't go in there, uh, don't get upset at him. We're just following the guidelines, and we love your children because we trust you, but you know what? A visitor may come that we don't know. So that's why we do this, and we're very strong with that. That's why we have cameras in there and every area except the restrooms. Uh, you know, there's visual. Uh, actually, uh, there's about three or four people, uh, I could be wrong, maybe more, maybe a little bit less, that on their phone they can just punch a button and look in every area of our church and see to make sure that everything is safe, even outside. And it's amazing, they can be all the way over by Garvey on our parking lot checking out the cars, and they can uh, click in. There could be someone outside here uh, before entering the foyer, and they can actually click a button and talk to them and tell them, what are you doing here? And, uh, and sound off an alarm so all the security will run. So I want to tell you, we have set it up and... Uh, The staff have worked hard with some of the people that are professional in the security and police aspect of life, and they have detailed things, and we are just flowing in a real way. Can you give everybody a great applause for all they're doing? So some of you might ask, what do I do with this gold envelope? Well, Well, give big and put it in the box and uh, it will be collected at the end of the service. And we will be talking about it for the next three weeks. So if you're new or if you have not heard about this yet, uh, you can pray about it and next week or the following week, uh, give big on there. There is a 0.0296% chance your child will become a professional athlete. I got all the way to scouts were looking at me. But there is a 100% chance that your child will stand before Jesus. So get them to church. Get your youth to church. I believe in sports. I played sports. I still play sports. But the reality is, is 
the, the most important thing in life is that we, the adults, will really reach out to our young people and our children and bring them to church. We've been talking about how to reach greater levels in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the blessings that you are giving each one of us. Help us, Lord, to learn in a greater way the kingdom reality of walking in greater levels of blessing that you have prepared for us by the actions and the thoughts of our lives. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You hear so many talk about having a breakthrough in life. We've been prophetically speaking to you about breakthrough. Dr. Mila gave us a prophecy, and from that prophecy, uh, the Lord gave me the teaching we've been doing regarding breakthrough. A breakthrough is not fixing something, listen to this, but going to a new level in your faith, your family, and spiritual freedom, which then fixes things. A lot of times people are looking to fix things without doing anything. They're trying to change things without changing themselves. And we find in the Word of God that Scripture tells us we have to be a people that really hear God and are able to change. So one of the most important areas of God's kingdom, which is our life living in God's kingdom, is finances. In this area of breakthrough that God has promised in the year 2022 and this decade, my goal basically is to help people. It is to help you to understand finances, kingdom finances. I also want to help you not just to be blessed by giving, uh, that you not just to be blessed by giving in God's kingdom, but handle your finances well, to steward your financial life well. In God's kingdom, he decrees 10 truths regarding financial stability. And so we will talk about giving, but I'm going to help you bring your finances in order. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to use the Ten Commandments in understanding the reality of the kingdom in regards to your finances. So as, as you're sitting there, I, I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, and I will continue. So here's the first decree. We're talking about 10 of them. It'll take us three weeks to go through this. Here's the first decree I want to show you. You shall honor the Lord first. This is kingdom reality. You shall honor the Lord first. So the first commandment is put God first. The first thing you must do in your finances is put God first. Giving is not the only financial principle in the kingdom of God, but you have to give to God or honor the Lord first in your giving. Why am I saying that different ways? Because I want you to recognize that it is a lifestyle in every area, every breakthrough is counting God first. 
Now, we find in Scripture that God asked for the firstborn. God asked for the first fruits. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, he is first. And a lot of times, uh, we have a tendency when we hear that, is yeah, God is this ogre God. Remember we talked about a lot of people think that Jesus is a nice one and the Father is the mean one. No, the Father is the nice one as well as Jesus, as well as the Holy Spirit. But the tithe has to be first. Tithe is 10% of your gross income. We're gonna talk about that a little bit, but I want to, to steer you to understand, don't let the enemy because this is a touchy subject in most people's lives, even though you've been in church for a long time. Because it's a daily choice of giving to the Lord. The tithe has to be first, but many call tithing the principle of the tithe. In reality, let me show you regarding the tithe, it's called the principle of putting God first. It is the attitude of God is first. In Exodus 23, or 20, verse 3, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay, putting God first. No other gods before you. So here's the question I want you uh, to be asked and to show you the answer of it. Why would God ask you for 10% of your income? Why would God who owns everything, who doesn't need anything, ask someone who makes 40,000 a year for 10% or $4,000 a year. It doesn't make sense in the natural. Because the world says it's all about the rich giving their fair share. The answer is it's not for his benefit or the church's benefit. It's for you and that you can come to the place in a very difficult, touchy area, in an area of difficulty trusting that we can put God first. It's an attitude check that God puts in the kingdom of God. The result is once we put God first in any area, once we put God first in any area, it becomes much easier to put him first in our family, in our work, in our marriage, and many more places of our life. Proverbs 3, I ask you to turn to this. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increases. Many times I do not talk about personal things because it's my personal things. But because we are family, um, when I was 39 and a half years old, I finally was able to afford to put a small down payment on a house. And we got our first house, 39 years of age. I was in ministry. I gave, I didn't have much in savings. I didn't have large salary. I didn't have big salary, anything, never have. But bottom line, the reality is, is I lived kingdom and I was able to do that. I will be selling 
the house soon. It's in North Carolina. We have been renting it out. But we've been renting it out to a couple who are in ministry, who work for a district in, in North Carolina, the Eastern District, and they oversee all of the youth area and do many things for our organization. They are a young couple that are sharp and great. So we rent our house to them, but we rent it to them less than half of what we could get from anybody else. What, what, what are we doing? We are giving. We are giving. And I'm telling you, that's about $100,000 that we lost. We didn't lose. We were giving. It is kingdom. And if anything needs to be fixed, we fix it. Not because we have a lot of money, but we do it because I am living out what I'm about to teach you. So don't shut your TV off. Don't shut your computer off. And don't walk out of here thinking, pastor's talking about money again. No, I'm talking about your whole life now. Amen? All right. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So what I will do in that, when we sell it, and it's gonna, we're going to sell it for more than what we paid for it, what we have from what we paid for to what we're selling it for, we will tithe on that and we will give from that to the church. Why? Because that's a lifestyle of kingdom. All right? So I have taught on this. So go back in your archives of, on the webpage and listen to the teaching I've done on finances. And uh, so I want to just show you some things. Cain and Abel, remember them. God accepted Abel's offering. Why? Because he liked it better. No, because it was first. God took the first of the first of the fruit. God didn't accept Cain's offering because it wasn't first. It was after everything else was done, he took from it and gave some. So he didn't accept it. And how people react to things like that is that Cain killed Abel. And a lot of times we kill things in our own life because we don't follow the kingdom reality or the commandments of God in the kingdom. Well, in the, in the crossing of the River Jordan, remember that with Israel, God asked for Jericho. Why? Because it was the biggest city. No, because it was first. The principle of the kingdom. Regarding Isaac, he asked for Isaac because he was the firstborn of the promise. So now let me show you an example uh, in the story of Elijah and the widow. Remember that story? It's found in, in 1 Kings chapter 17. You'll see it on the screen or you can turn to it. 1 Kings 17, we're going to begin reading at verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow, a widow who lost her husband, already had tragedy in her life, a widow there to provide for you. So God was going to use a widow to provide for the prophet. And this is during a great famine. Verse 10. 
So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and then starve to death because of the famine. It was their last meal, verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it. Everyone say it first. Kingdom reality. And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord of God, the God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Everyone remembers this story. But I want you to recognize all through the history of mankind, the kingdom of God has not changed. It's always about giving to God first. The prophet represented God in the Old Testament. By the way, you know how long it was before the Lord sent rain after that? Three years and six months. So for three years and six months, the oil and the flour continued to be there. The flour wasn't used up and the oil didn't run dry because she gave to God first, which is the first decree. Now, like us, like me, <laughs> until I really learned this, the woman might have thought for a few seconds, that prophet Elijah is nuts. He's not looking at my bank account. See, I'm thinking when I talk about the tithes, there are people who can't pay their bills. Some of you in this room might not be able to pay your bills. And are thinking, <laughs> Pastor Gary is nuts. I don't like a church that talks about tithe. Let me just say, I'm really not crazy but I understand the principles of God and I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. So the only reason I teach tithing is to help you. And the only reason God decrees putting him first by tithing is to help you, not him. To help you. You release his blessings in your life. You release his hands to work in your life, in every area. All these breakthroughs on these signs, it's for you today. But we must walk in kingdom reality. So another question is, think about it. Why did God send Elijah to a widow during a famine? Because back then a widow, she didn't have a family, would basically go into poverty. 
Don't you think God could have brought a rich man to Elijah who could uh, live through the famine because he was rich? Hmm. God did not send Elijah to the widow to provide for Elijah. Because your tithing and your giving and your lifestyle of being a giver in every area of your life is not to help God, it's to help you. God sent Elijah to the widow to provide for the widow. Wait, 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 pastor. Provide for the widow, but it was the widow that was providing for Elijah or God. It's a kingdom reality. He was asking her to put God first. Remember, the prophet represented God. And when she did, it gave her a breakthrough in her provision. And when we do the same thing, it brings a breakthrough in our provision. Tithing is not for God's benefit, it is for your benefit. God would have sent ravens to feed Elijah. Oh, wait a minute, he did. He did that one time. God could have sent an angel to make a cake for him. It had been the first angel cake. That's probably where we got the idea. There was a widow who needed provision. And some of you need provision. And in the kingdom, this is how it works. There was a widow who was going to die. God sent a man of God, the prophet, to her and said, give to me first, God first, and watch what happens to your provision. God cared about the widow, and he cares about you and me too. There were times when we had small children, and, you know, my wife and I, we've told you the story, we would save our coins and go to Burger King every Friday evening on a little date, and we would share a Whopper combo, because that's all the money we had, and $5 in the bank account but we paid all our bills. And we lived this way for a season in our life. But in that season, we learned how to give. We learned how to do these things. And God blessed. I'm not a rich man, but God blessed. And I live a life today that I don't have to go to my checkbook and see if I can afford something small. I'm very content with life, and I'm blessed. And that's why I can do this, because I believe in you. You're the church. I believe in what God is doing now in our breakthrough, in the beautification of these things. And I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you to break through in areas of your life. <clears throat> Holy Spirit just said something to me. This can be for next week. I'll, I'll share it with you next week. God cared about the widow and he cares about you. <clears throat> it really sounds nuts too. <clears throat> but God's provision is always wrapped around 
God is first in everything. Before you go to prayer to ask God for something, is God first in your life? Is your lifestyle, are you giving? Now, there are a lot of times, I remember the days we'd give a lot. I remember when I was first born again, I would take uh, what was called comp time at AAA Insurance Company, and I would get 40 hours a year. I would use that comp time because I didn't have anything extra from my tithe. And I, I, would, I would just go ahead and paint the church, fix the church, do whatever I did. I'd cut the lawn, I'd do this, I'd do that, trying to save the church money in, there in Michigan and by doing it so they didn't have to pay anybody. And I did that and God blessed. And God blessed and I kept seeing God help me to the point where I waited three years before I went, I was gonna play, wanted to play professional baseball, uh, but I decided the, the Lord said, no, you're going to the ministry. So I waited a couple years before I went to school and I saved money from my paycheck and I had my school paid for it. When I graduated from school, I was debt free because I lived kingdom reality and I constantly gave. Matter of fact, I got this great job, I believe, not because I was any better than anybody else, it's because I'm walking in kingdom blessings, okay? I got this great job. I was making $11 an hour in 1978. And with that, then there was a young man that was a great friend. Matter of fact, uh, he was on staff here for a season, uh, loved this guy, he was a roommate and everything, and he had some struggles with things that went on with his mom and stuff like that, and so I paid for one year of the school that I had in the bank saved. Why did I do that? Because God said to do that. I put God first, I put what he said first. So I'm not trying to pat me on the back, you know me, I don't tell you a lot of personal stuff. But I'm telling you because this is a lifestyle that in my life, I am always living and doing my best to be a giver. I don't give because you're my friend. I don't give because you're my son or daughter. I don't give because you're my grandchildren. I give because the Lord says give. I'm led of the Holy Spirit. And I don't give when God says don't in an area. So in other words, you're smart in the way you give. All right, so let's go, go on. It's not, again, just finances when you tithe. But listen in this story that we just read. It's for your and my children too. Later on, the widow's son, you remember the story, gets sick and dies. And Elijah raises him from the dead. The question do you think that God knew that this would happen? Yes, God did. So he sends Elijah there, not only to provide for her, but to be a blessing for her. But she had to give to God, had that attitude of God first. She already lost her husband, but now her son. Elijah comes, so if she would put this principle to action, give to God first, then now, not only that her meals would be taken care of, but her child and her children and her grandchildren would be blessed. See, I have learned in my life, giving is not really for me now. 
because I've lived in this lifestyle for so long. It's really for everybody around me. So my wife and I have joy blessing people and able to, at times when like Ukraine and all the different things, we're able to bless and to give and to honor. Why is that? Because we lived in kingdom and it's not about me. If God told me, now I want to tell you, if God told me I had another couple that lived in our house too there and we didn't charge them any rent for seven years. So if you want to add it up, it's about between one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 that we didn't receive because we gave. But let me just give you a caveat. Is right here, we have received. God has blessed in so many ways, not just money. He's blessed us with the greatest children and the greatest grandchildren. He's blessed us with the greatest people that were allowed and honored to pastor. He's blessed us with you. He's blessed us with friends and favor in our life. Not because we're looking for that. We just want to put God first. Amen. Thank you. Amen. We need to get excited about this because that's how you're going to get a breakthrough in your finances. So if God, who owns everything, came to you and said, if you will tithe, make me first 10%, he said, I will do two things for you. First, I will stand at the door of your home and keep the devil out off your marriage, off your kids, and off your health. Amen. Now, every one of us have been attacked by the enemy, so we would not believe this principle. The second is, give me 10% of income and I will bless you so that you make more than what you give. And I'm, I, I, I've told you some personal things, but I'm not going to show you my taxes. <laughs> Amen. I'm not the president of the United States. I don't have to show my taxes. <laughs> if God showed up and asked you, will you tithe? Those two promises, would you? If God walked in here and you saw him and you knew it was God, would you say, amen? I'm asking, here's a secret. He already has. And he already will do these two things if you live this lifestyle. Malachi says, God said to you, if you tithe, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Amen. You cannot contain. And that's what's happened. You know what? Hey, I'd like to look at my retirement that I've had to do personally because I don't work for a company that has a retirement for me after 20, 25 years. I've had to put away. I'd like to look at that and say, okay, God, millions of dollars, just give me, give me, give me. No. He's wanting us, we're created in his image and likeness, and he wants us to be a blessing for others. Amen. He wants us to be a blessing for others. 
Here's the second decree in God's kingdom regarding financial health. You shall not try to find or acquire happiness by material items. You shall not try to find or acquire happiness by material items. Exodus 24. Let me just stop right there. I'll say it a little bit. Don't you dare walk out of here. Don't you dare turn off after we're done here on your TV. Turn off and say, well, pastor said we can't have nice things. I didn't say that, and God doesn't say that. God said he'll give you the desires of your heart, but where's your desires? Okay, let's go on. Exodus 24. You should not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Speaks of idolatry. Don't look to anything on this earth for happiness. Do not worship anything other than God. Put him first. I want to tell you, wasn't my wife cute this morning up here? She's the cutest thing. She really is. Amen. And I'm happy I have her. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way in today's day. I'm happy she's my wife. And I can serve her. But bottom line, she doesn't bring me true happiness. You know who does? My God. Amen. Because I put him first. Guard your heart. That's a principle. Guard your heart. Well, pastor, I know that. Nothing material will bring happiness. But you know what? It'd be nice to have a bigger home. It'd be nice to have a better car. Folks, things are good, but it only brings, brings temporary satisfaction. How many of you have gone and gotten something really nice and then you saw something nicer? And you're looking and you're saying, I want that. I don't like that anymore. But that was the dream of your life to get that. But now you saw it on TV. That's what I learned when I had to shut down for a few weeks. I watched some TV and all the commercials. Also, again, I said it before, all I wanted to do was eat and buy something because of commercials. We must understand, here's the point in this second. We must understand that there is only one thing that will make you happy. It's in an ongoing, vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will bring you true happiness. Material items do not bring happiness in our life we must understand and believe this decree of God's kingdom. Some think if I had a new spouse, they would be happy. No. If you think that way, you're the problem in the marriage. Oops. You know what? Terry doesn't need a new spouse. Why? Because it took her 40 years to train me. You know what? Terry just needs to tune me up once in a while, and uh, I'm good. You know, a lot of times, guys, you know how, how we are. We're strong. We're, 
we go, we lead, we do all those things. But, you know, we're like puppy dogs. Just once in a while, you just need your spouse to go, good boy. Good boy. And you start, you know, doing your foot. And, you know, good boy. Ladies, you need to hear that. There's a lot of ladies who never do that. Nothing new can give you joy like a renewed relationship with Jesus. And if that's you today, if that's you watching us, renew your relationship with Jesus. Rich and poor people fall into this trap. How many of you know and watch all your stuff on TV? I don't watch that stuff anymore. It drives me nuts. But they show all the rich and famous and all the different things. And how many of them have had three, four, five marriages? How many of them are not happy? And they commit suicide and all kinds of things. The only thing that brings you true happiness is the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So honor God with your finances. Another story is uh, for, I'm a golfer, and uh, some of you are my golf buddies in here. And uh, I'm the type of golfer, I, you know, I'm an athlete. I don't need this, all these, you know how people, they'll go out and get a new driver every two months, you know, because this new driver is going to give me half a yard longer on my drive or whatever, you know, it's like ridiculous. And so, but there was a set of clubs I really wanted to get. And you can ask some of the guys, I talked about it. But I just could not pay that kind of money. Because I'm the type of guy, I go to the store, oh yeah, okay, I like that, I'll get that. You know, it's on sale, half off, whatever. And that's what I've done through the years of getting golf clubs. And, um, but I'm a giver, so I've been helping a lot of leaders and churches on the East Coast. And I've been helping them write their business plan or their vision for their church and how to handle the council and how to run a council meeting, all these different things. So I'm just doing that, just pro bono. I just, I just love helping. I love giving. And so I did that. So I've been talking, uh, one of the golfers, Ronnie, I'm talking to him about these, these golf clubs. And I said, you know, I just can't, I, you can ask him. I said, I can't pay that kind of money for golf clubs. That's ridiculous. So I just kept my, my older clubs, the heads were flying off. You know, I just get them fixed, you know, and I just get them fixed and get them redone. They'd fall off again. Take my seven iron on a par three and, and hit it and see the ball fly to the green and then see my club head go about 100 yards up. You know, and, but I'm not going to pay that kind of money. Not that I'm cheap. It's just, okay, I'll tell you in a second. So all of a sudden I get a thank you card from all these pastors that I've been helping on the East Coast. And they put a $2,500 check in there thanking me. And I've been doing this for like four, five, six years with them. All right. So I looked at my golf buddy. <laughs> it's not my money, it's God's money. So I went and bought those clubs. Amen. The blessing of the Lord. My game hasn't gotten any better, but I got those new clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a new pool, a new dog, a new cat, it never stops. Proverbs 27:20, listen to this. Hell and destruction are never full 
So the eyes of man are never satisfied unless Jesus Christ is first. The Bible calls it the lust of the eye. You will never get your finances in order until you learn to deal with the lust of the eyes and you don't buy everything you set your eyes on. I've learned if I want something on an impulse, wait a little bit, it will pass or God will say, get it. And he does. I just want to tell you, you know the joy I get when I give to my children and grandchildren? It's the greatest joy. You know the joy I get when I give to my wife? And the joy I get when I give to the church and all that? I I just want to tell you, the joy that I have has come from the kingdom reality of my spiritual walk. It is the image of God. You know the joy that God has in giving to you? Yeah, but he's a mean God. No, he's not. He's a gracious, loving, and giving God. The children of Israel had manna, then said, we don't want that. So you know what God did? They were murmuring and complaining. God gave them meat. And scripture tells us, while the meat was still in their mouth, they started complaining again. Why? Nothing on this earth satisfies us. Here's the third decree. We'll close with this one. You shall not be unthankful for whatever standard of living God has provided for you. You shall not be unthankful for whatever standard of living God has provided for you. Exodus 27 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So the question is, What causes people to take the Lord's name in vain? Here's the answer, because they're angry. They're angry. Someone else, they cheated. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Look what they got. They're angry. The Bible tells us unthankfulness causes anger and an ungrateful heart. Anger begins stored up in us. So everything in life causes answer, causes anger. Have you ever wondered, you know, you're driving down the road and you're just singing praises, all of a sudden someone cuts you off, you go, you better, you're beeping your horn. Then all of a sudden you go, oh, I got that bumper sticker on. It says, Jesus saves. You ever wonder why that anger rises up? Because we begin to judge others, we begin to compare ourselves to others, and we're not thankful for what God has blessed us with. The word vain means selfishness. When you're vain, you're prideful and focused on self. Believers take the Lord's name in vain by praying, in Jesus' name, I pray for this house, I pray for this car, I pray for these golf clubs. We should use in Jesus' name, I pray for my marriage. I pray for my neighbor's salvation. I pray for my neighbor's healing. I pray for that lost person, that homeless person to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because they didn't understand finances and the enemy stole from them and they're in poverty. Jesus says, don't worry about what you're going to eat what you will wear or where you live because the Father already knows your need and what those things are. 
He will take care of it when you submit to God's decrees. Let me pause here. Again, there's nothing wrong with things. But if it has, if those things have your heart over the Lord, it has your heart, then God is not first and his blessings can't flow and breakthrough can't take place. Does God have your heart? Being unthankful opens the door to demonic evil events too. Romans 1.21 says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, in other words, first, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Foolish hearts were darkened means they were and became deceived. They were deceived in life. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God not putting God first. So unthankfulness opens the door to this evil. So the best thing to do when you're discouraged, watch this, when you're depressed, is to begin to thank God for what you have in your life. Everyone take a breath. You're alive. God's not done with you yet but he's waiting on you to walk in the blessings he's already provided by walking in these kingdom realities I just taught you. Thank God for your marriage, your health, your church, your life, that you're saved, you're going to heaven, your job. Well, I don't like my job. Be thankful you have a job. If we are not satisfied in him, we will make foolish decisions financially and we will live above our means and then be in trouble. Many Christians are mad at God, so they're mad at the church. They don't attend church because that church, they're asking for my tithe. It's not your tithe, it's God's. He's first. But the problem is they mismanage their finances that God gave them. Did you know that God gave you a measure of faith? Listen to this. God's not responsible for bills. He didn't initiate. God's not responsible for bills he didn't initiate or debt he didn't sign. So please hear me. You did not get in your situation overnight. It will take you a while to get things in order by putting God's first. Well, I tried that for a week. I tried that for a month. It didn't work for me. But for 40 years, you did it the other way. Go on, pastor. Okay, I'll go on. But when you set your heart on God as first, peace happens immediately. The result of finances and all the others will begin to transform and change but peace will happen immediately because God is first in your life. Get rid of the idols in your life. Love God and what he provides.
Let me say this in closing. Matter of fact, let's all stand. What, what am I trying to do as your pastor? You know, a lot of times as parents, you know, we, we want to be friends with our kids. Okay, I do too. I want to laugh. We do. We talk. We joke. All the different things. But I'm a parent. I'm a dad first. And a, a lot of times we, we want our, our lives to be so entwined you know, with things, and we, we got to make everybody happy. We got, you know, our children, and they're making all these bad mistakes in their finances, so we take our savings and we give it to them. Don't do that. Uh-uh, don't do that. I can't tell you the countless, and here it is, ladies, countless of ladies who have gone broke and had to live on food stamps because their spouse who passed away left them with a good sum of money, but they gave it all because of the wrong decisions of their children, thinking that their children would like them. We're not doing things. We're not giving. We're not living this lifestyle so people can like us. I want to tell you, I, I've, I've given. I knew. I think the Lord was testing a gentleman. And, he, you know, and I know he was, this gentleman, he was in Bible college. I had a car, and I knew I didn't need it because of everything that was going on. And so what I did is I sold him the car. It wasn't expensive. It, it was worth about $3,000, at you know, $2,500 at the time. So I sold it to him for, I think it was seven or $800, because I just wanted to help the guy he had to drive longer and all the different things to school. And I gave it to him for that amount. A week later, he sold it for $2,000. You know, my first instinct, I think he was testing the guy if he was going to receive the blessings of the Lord and be a blessing himself, or he was testing me in my learning of how to give. Because my first reaction was, I wanted to grab him by the nap of the neck and knock him out. Amen. Don't look at me that way because you would have felt the same way. But the reality is, is the Holy Spirit told me, hey, you're going to be blessed because you did what I asked you to do. You're not doing it so that they would like you more or you're such a spiritual giver. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. Amen? You know who you are. You're not doing this to prove your worth or to prove your spirituality or prove, ladies, your mamahood or men, your daddyhood. Amen? See, my thought would be if my kids really mess things up or whatever like that and they're just constantly doing stuff, I'd make sure they had food. I'd give them a burger. I wouldn't give them a steak. Well, once in a while I probably would. Give them a taco. Or they say in the South, a taco. And I'd, I'd give them a taco. But the reality is I'm not going to allow 
even the gift of giving to rule my heart. You understand what I just said there? Is that I'm not doing it to prove my worthiness. I'm doing it why God's first. My relationship with him is first. Above and beyond every relationship in my life. And because of that, I have peace. Then I can love my wife. Then I can love my children, grandchildren. Then I can love my friends. Then I can love you and be a blessing to you. How do I give to you a lot? As I study my behind off so I can give you the word of God. And that's why music, by the way, Pastor Ryan teaches at our Bible college. Music, all the pastors here, they study, they do the same thing. They live the same lifestyle. So that's why I'm saying to you, no, I really didn't plan the teaching on finances when we were asking for offerings for the flooring next door. I didn't do that. Matter of fact, if you see my notes, finances are going to be number one. One or two. And in my notes, I was going to tell you, we're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about, you know, this and this. And, but I switched it. The Lord just said to do that. And lo and behold, it came out right here. Do you think the Holy Spirit has a hold of us? Do you think he knows when and how to do things? I need to be quiet and let you go. Let me pray for this offering. The beautification of Valley Community Church starts today. Yes, the flooring's done, but the beautification starts today. How? Through our giving. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the revelation of a breakthrough in our finances. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the word that sets us free. We give you praise, honor. Lord, we are thankful for what you have given to us to work with. As you gave that widow that little morsel and you allowed it to feed and to heal her family. Thank you, Lord, for that blessing. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you will produce what you have promised from the beginning in the breakthrough in our finances. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.